A lot of people hit me with this story. This thing was, uh, it was flying at me. Social media, Twitter. People said, Lou, check this out. You got to check. They wanted me to react to it. Hmm. I kind of hear them. I kind of, I know what they're saying. I understand why that's something they want to see because this news, it's kind of a shock. Hmm. It's a bit of a shock. The iPhone 12 will not include a charger in the box. <laughs> no charger at all? 20-watt power adapter will be sold separately. Oh. I'm just going to let that sit there for a minute. Did but they I come just, with the dinky one? The little one? No, it's gone. It's gone. I just want to let that sit there for a minute. Let you think about Let you feel that. What that feels like. All right. First of all, before you get carried away, Will, or before I get carried away, before anyone gets carried away, there is an argument... That exists. I'm sure this is the argument that Apple's going to make. They're going to say, you have enough power bricks. You don't need another power brick. They're going to say, you've been buying iPhones from us for how long? They just pick up an old power brick and use that one. Mm. They're going to say, it's all about the environment. That's what they're going to say. I'm just setting it up. No, by the way, I should just, for the record... Uh, it's obviously not official. Uh, analyst Ming-Chi Kuo has uh, said he obtained a research note or he said in a research note, which was then obtained by Mac Rumors, that this was going to be the case. And then that also lines up with a previous prediction shared by analysts at Barclays earlier this week. So that's a couple different players now saying that the next generation iPhone is not going to have a power brick in it. Mm. So it seems... He's pretty on point. Ming Chi's usually on point. And then you have the other piece to kind of corroborate. And then, of course, you have the post from all the rumor sites. We had the previous rumor about this 20 watt charge brick. And I was saying, oh, cool. People are going to get an upgrade because we people were stuck for so long on that five watt power brick. Then there was the 18 watt. And then another upgrade sounded great 20 watt power brick. No USB C, still a lightning C to lightning, possibly. But a power brick upgrade nonetheless, because there's a lot of people out there in the world would be upgraders who only have a five watt power brick from the previous gen, whichever iPhone they happen to be on. They may not have gotten that 18 watt yet. So I did the previous story was a positive story about this upgrade. Mm. Then I read something like this. And I had to kind of check myself a little bit. I had to say, wait, how about all those other aspects? Uh, and then I had to scroll down. To the comment section, because it's Mac rumors. It's about Mac. It's about Apple fans. And they're roasting Apple on this, too. We have a top comment. iPhone 13 won't even include a box. Hmm. Next up, we have what the actual hell. Next up, we have unacceptable. iPhone 12 needs USB-C, and it needs a charger in a box. Nothing less. 57 volts. And then the next one, we have the only reason to do this is just plain old greed. And then the next one says no wired headphones, fine, but no charger? Seriously? Where do they think they where do they want the iPhones to be plugged in? That's nonsense. By 2021, it's no phone, just a scoop of vanilla. Mm. Okay, those are all your top voted comments on Mac rumors. So it's not just me. So the people that are screaming saying Lou's looking for some another Lou's out here looking for another thing. I mean, I started the thing by telling you the reason they might argue you should do it. I'm I'm giving you the other side of the story. Mm -hmm. The environmental aspect. They get the weight down on each unit. 
You already have a power brick. Everyone has a USB power, br power brick. But let's be honest, man. They're going to turn around and sell the 20-watt adapter. You know when you go to click checkout on the website, they're going to, do you want a power adapter? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Give you that option. People are still going to take it. Now you're going to have separate packaging to, to waste to go alongside with the phone box itself. Look, Apple's a really big company. They ship a lot of units, man. I'm sure they figured out uh, what kind of space savings and cost savings are going to take place and how they're going to translate that to you in the end product based on the fact that they don't have to put a brick in the box. But I think for the average person, I can just imagine a Christmas morning, birthday gift kind of scenarios. I won't buy an iPhone for uh, the, the grandma or whoever, and they open it up. No brick, no power brick. They got to go hunting for the old one. They got to, I mean, people are going to be using a Samsung power brick with their, with their phone because maybe they had a Samsung device previously. It's just, it's a weird look. It's hard to get behind it. Yeah. I understand the argument on the waste side. I personally own too many power bricks, but I don't think we're at this stage yet where you can pull something like this, particularly because so many Apple users still have those five watt bricks and that's what they're going to be bringing forward. Mm -hmm. If it were different, if you had an entire history and many generations of, of better power bricks, like, okay, fine. As a smartphone fan, technology fan, to know that all these people can be using these tiny little old bricks with a state of the art iPhone 12, yeah. heavy hitter with all the other specs. I mean, there's a spec that just emerged, possibly 4K resolution at 240 frames per second. High level spec just emerged as a rumor. No yeah. power brick. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, oh, be a beautiful OLED display corner to corner. No power brick. Hmm. Uh, 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 A series top tier benchmark killer type of chip. No power brick. Yeah. Seems like the easy one to do. And you would think with Apple, with their huge margins, I mean, what's a 5-watt power brick? What's a 20-watt power, power brick? You know, like, it might be sense to them, you know, but... On the money side, I don't think anyone's going to argue with you. They should throw it in. They're going to make the environmental claim. They say, first manufacturer that made the call, and you know what's going to happen. I'll tell you what's going to happen right now, since they are a big player, the big player in the space... What they do trickles into the marketplace. Mm. And now you just got to turn around. You're going to see others are going to use it as an opportunity to make the same claim. Mm. And it's going to trickle down to all the different smartphone makers. And we're going to just have to keep track of these power bricks. And a lot of people are going to buy third-party power bricks now mm. as a consequence. But like I said, if your argument is the environment, which would be the only potentially relevant one, if people go out and buy from a third party, their manufacturing processes now you have to be aware of, the fact that they have to ship it in a separate box and you're going to get that from Amazon, which comes with another box and another delivery and another guy that has to drive it and use the gasoline in the car. I don't know if you made things better. You yeah. definitely made the bottom line better, but I don't know if you made, the, you can make the environmental case. I don't see, I don't have all the data in front of me and it's not going to hurt me. I, Will, I got power bricks, dude, and I can buy them. Yep. It's not going to hurt me, but it's going to hurt that person who is a big purchase for them. And this is the equivalent of you crack it open and, and you don't have the batteries when you get the oh, brand yeah. new toy. That's You're just killing the moment here. So Apple, uh, I'm going to speak to you directly, Tim. Uh, hopefully this rumor doesn't have to come, come true. Maybe there's a way we could change this. 
Uh, definitely, if you do if you do this, make it as clear as possible on the ordering, so people don't have that experience. Uh, make it as easy as possible for people to get the power brick in the in the cart. But it's gonna be, I mean, what are they gonna charge for it? Is it gonna be twenty five bucks? Probably, I guess. Well, they charge twenty five bucks for the five watt. Well, this is Canadian. Canadian, okay, so yeah. it's probably twenty. Yeah, maybe it's gonna be thirty bucks for the power brick. Anyways, look. I don't know. It's hard to defend. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be level-headed here. I'm level-headed. Well, I don't know if you can tell. Very level right now. Uh, but this is an impossible one to really wrap your head around. You got to charge the device, and you want the manufacturer-provided charger yes. to provide the optimal experience. Yes. It seems like a thing we've gotten sorted out at this point, but apparently not. We'll see how it goes over with Apple fans. Honestly, I'm just. I'm a guy. End of the day, I'm a guy, I come in here, I see the story. I try to interpret, I try to see both sides of it. But you let me know down in the comments, as a potential iPhone 12 customer, buyer, how do you feel about it? Do you care? Uh, do you see the upside? Or is it all downside for you? Are you upset about it? Would you like to see things happen differently? Would you like to see a power brick in the box? I really want to know what people think about this. Mm. Sony PlayStation 5. People are very interested, very excited. You see the, the videos on the Clips channel on Lou later. People paying attention to what Sony's doing with the next generation console. We don't have a price yet, but price has become increasingly the topic that's interesting to people. They want to know in this day and age, in this era, what can you really pay for these things? Talk about with the Xbox, talk about with the PlayStation. We had the leak, the Amazon leak, which then people disputed. We have this article here on Giz China, which is uh, giving some credence to a Twitter user who posted some speculative price points, but people are equally upset with this guy because they're saying you're just speculating. Mm. So to be clear, before we get into these numbers, this is coming from an individual who is speculating. Yes. But that's kind of what we're all doing for yeah. the time being. Uh, he puts the entry price for the regular console at $499. I think I was probably somewhere at the same number in, in terms of my guess. $500 seems right right now. The This is where I may have a dispute with this individual. By the way, his Twitter handle, I'm telling you, some people are mad at this guy. It is like His Twitter handle has uh, Iron Man in it, Iron Man PS5. People are going to be mad that I even mentioned him because I read the comments on this article. He says, stop citing this guy because he's just a kid who's guessing. Uh, well, we're all guessing to a certain extent. So I'm not but, defending the... I, I want to look at these prices and kind of come up with my own speculation. How did he become like this prominent... I don't know how prominent he actually is. Now you're giving. Now we're going to go on a whole tangent, uh, uh, looking at the guy's account. Well, Giz China wrote an article. Well, Giz China, but because Giz China writes a lot of articles. But Iron Man so. PS5, I think, is just another guy. Well, we're all speculating right now. We're all excited. He's got 6,500 followers. Well, now he's got 10 more because uh, yeah. you just showed his Twitter page. So, anyways, look. I just wanted to use these numbers as a jumping off point. I don't want to claim that these are a leak or that these are are for sure going to be the numbers. Four ninety nine, I think, is is close. It could be five forty nine, four ninety nine, just based on what I'm seeing out there. The con, the digital only version, though, he has at three ninety nine availability November twentieth. Japan earlier than that, November 14th. Interestingly, he has uh, a higher price point in Japan for the digital-only version than the U.S. equivalent, and then he has a, 
a lower price point in Japan for the non-digital only version, for the premium version with the disk drive. It's anyway, this could just be weird conversion stuff going on. $399 is the price that he has for the digital only. I feel that that might be too cheap. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know why. The digital only customer is probably gonna pick up that unit. Hmm. Do you think though the four ninety nine to three ninety nine? It feels too big. A optical no, drive. No, that would totally convince people to go away from the optical. Maybe that's the goal. Mm-hmm. But if everything else is the same, the absence of the optical drive, then that should be four forty nine for the digital only version. Right. However, maybe the fact that Sony can make up some difference in only delivering digital copies because you got that's cheaper for them to do than keep manufacturing these discs they charge the same price digital or otherwise right then maybe they can subsidize that cost all the way down to 399 i think 399 would be a killer price Hmm. for a brand new next generation console nonetheless i think it's i think that's uh, aggressive and i wouldn't be surprised to see 449 50 difference Hmm. but that doesn't seem like a huge difference so still very fluid very curious about it the guy goes on to speculate on some other stuff, the vertical stand, the media remote control, the 3D wireless headset. Uh, people called him out because of his controller pricing. They say for sure it's going to be more than 60 bucks. He's got it listed at $59.99, which I think is the current price of a controller. There's also a list of upcoming games that supposedly will arrive in 2020. But again, I pass the question on. I wonder what people really want to pay for this thing. Based on what we've seen leaked out, the potential for graphics performance upcoming. Is 500 fair? Are you only willing to go up to 400? It's a curious thought, but I think we're somewhere in there. It, I, I, part of me wants to say 549, 449. Just guessing. Mm-hmm. Just guessing what the market can bear at the moment and the caliber of what they're putting out, the, the claims they're making about the console. 549, 449. Feels real. Mm. Uh, uh, it would be tough at five ninety nine, four ninety nine. That would be tough. Mm-hmm. But again, it depends what their play is, how they want to push people to the to the to the digital only version. What's your guess? Let's just put our guesses on paper. Well, let's put our uh, uh, put our neck out there. Why don't we? And people can hold us to it when it actually happens. My final guess. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do four ninety nine. 429. Hmm. 499, 429. Now you put yourself, put your neck out there as well. I think it's going to be 599, 549. Rich blood, Willie Do. You're going to pick up, you probably pick up uh, only a dozen at that price. Yeah. The benchmarks have surfaced for Apple's first ARM based computer. That is, of course, the developer transition kit it's not an officially available computer this is the thing that we talked about saw at wwdc uh this is to to help developers prepare themselves prepare thyself for an arm-based future an a-series chip in a traditionally uh, desktop uh, based mac environment mac os mm-hmm. if you will uh these things going out like hotcakes Congratulations on being one of the first developers for Mac powered by Apple Silicon. 
feels so official. You get a nice little note. I'm sure you got one of these on the way, right, Will? Yeah. You talked to I, all, the, all the people necessary? How come this is a lowercase? I thought lowercase? silicon was the, uh, like the actual product. Yeah, but there's, in that case, they're talking about silicon as the material. Right. They're being very scientific because it's for a developer, remember? Yes. Anyway, we had some benchmarks emerge, even though these developers signed some hefty uh, NDA-type stuff, you know, those pri private documents, Will, yes. that you're well aware of. But still, some numbers surfaced on Geekbench. You can't keep numbers off Geekbench, can you? Mm. They just somehow managed to get there. And I don't know how you want to interpret these numbers, good or bad. You have to keep in mind that for the time being, this stuff is running through Apple's Rosetta technology. Right, it hasn't, the current Geekbench testing software is written not for this hardware, right? It has not been optimized for Apple Silicon. It's set up for the Intel stuff, right? the Geekbench uh, Mac OS software. So it's running through emulation, which is going to, it's going to hurt the, the performance. Yes. The speculation is it could hurt performance in the neighborhood of 25 to 40%. So whatever we're seeing here in this benchmark, we have to adjust in that fashion. The numbers here are 800 on a single core test, Geekbench V5, and 2600 on multi-core. And they have a nice comparison here on 9 to 5 Mac up against the 2020 MacBook Air, which gets a 1005 and a 2000 on multi-core. So it's already beating it on multi-core, baseline MacBook Air, and then only a little bit behind on a single core performance. So... With the, the factoring in the Rosetta aspect, that might not be so bad, those numbers. Also factoring in the fact that this is really not the chip they're going to put out inside of a laptop. This A12Z chip is uh, similar to what was originally configured for the iPads. And so you have certain constraints within an iPad from a... Yeah from a design perspective that you will not have once you've got the battery of a and the space associated with a full-fledged laptop or desktop, like if they do some iMac version of it. So presumably you can see this performance increase substantially at that point. This is just a transition kit. It serves one purpose to help this tra the developer transition. So it's hard to take too much out of it, but I actually think it's kind of promising these numbers given the, the Rosetta factor, and given the fact that it's just a little Mac mini chassis and it's the very first version of it in the form of a transition kit, it's currently about as fast as an Intel-based baseline hmm. MacBook Air. So that's something. It's definitely not nothing. I don't know if people expected more out of it, but like I said, once this actually makes its way in the form of chips that are designed for laptops and running on software designed for that environment, you can see this number go up substantially. Mm. So Apple, Silicon. This is a funny one. A Google Pixel 5 XL case just leaked. Well, uh, we're still waiting on the, <laughs> the 4A. May never happen. Just forget about it. Mm. Just let it go. Go all the way up to 5. No, I, I'm not saying that's what they're doing. It's just been delayed. A lot of stuff happening, obviously, in the world. But it's just funny. We're talking about the 5 XL getting closer. And... 4A was supposed to be here 10 years ago. Well. A while ago. Give me that, at least. A while ago, originally. 
there's an interesting, there's a reason I bring this particular story up. There, This case has a cutout for a rear-mounted fingerprint scanner, which when you were talking about that with the budget model, the 4A, you kind of understood it. Mm-hmm. You recognized why you might do that from a cost perspective for a budget-minded smartphone. To see it here on the flagship 5XL, that's a bit of a change for Google in their approach to security and unlock strategy on their flagship stuff. Yeah. They went with the face, the full face gig yeah. on, the, on the last model. There's a backward step. Well, they were maybe listening to you. To me? Yeah. Because I keep saying I don't mind the you. rear fingerprint. Yeah. Good for them. Okay. I think you nailed it. That's actually you what know. happened. Well, I presume there's going to be still be some version of the face unlock, but now we have options, and I like options. Talked about it extensively mm-hmm. here. So sometimes face unlock is more optimal. Other times, fingerprint is great, and the capacitive rear fingerprint scanners never gave me any issues. Mm-hmm. Fast, man. I still feel with the in-display stuff, it's just more of a uh, it's more of a process for me. Still, it's just you have a little more mental bandwidth when you when you're doing the on-screen. Yeah. To just line it up, make sure it's lined up, where it's more muscle memory with the capacitive one on the rear because you can feel it, the the spot yes. where it is without even looking. You're almost kind of aligning your finger as you pull it out of your pocket. Yes. And yeah. it's already unlocked. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I was always a fan of them. I understand the downside. I feel like I got to cover the bases as usual here. Downside, you can't unlock it on the table mm. as you can with the in-display. So it's not, it's like everything else, man. It's not all roses. Yes. Is that what they say? Yeah. Looking at the images shared, the Google Pixel 5 XL still features a rear-mounted fingerprint scanner. This is evident due to, to, to a single circular cutout at the back of this case. Now, keep in mind, this is just a case. These come out early. Who knows? I can't speak to it for certain. Uh, the last model, 4XL, dropped the fingerprint scanner completely for their 3D facial recognition. It also showcases this large uh, rear camera cutout and a picture, an image that seems to showcase two large cameras, but no more. Hmm. So is that an indication of a a dual setup? Who knows? Uh, Interesting nonetheless, kind of funny in the face of the missing, missing in action Pixel 4a. Let's just start talking about the next. I'm sure we're going to hear more, but. Oh my goodness, this next story, my goodness, Will. Holy moly. Talk about a weird uh, few days in social media. A weird bunch of developments. This one, the least known, the most mysterious of the bunch. Arguably the biggest or second biggest streamer in the world. I don't know, just a huge streamer. Mm -hmm. Dr. Disrespect vanishes from Twitch. Twitch removes him. Uh, sends out a statement. We, it doesn't matter how big of a streamer you are. You break our community guidelines, you're gone. His emo, emotes go away. People get a refund who are subscribed to him on Twitch. And he puts out a statement saying, I don't know what happened. I still don't know why. Plus, the final few moments of his final stream, he appears, his mood appears to change. He appears to get a text message that changes his mood. He says a few things. Uh, we'll get through this. But it appears obvious that there's some level of distress. The conspiracy theories are rampant, as they would be. Anytime the internet is lacking information, they feel they got to fill in the info. Mm. It's absolutely, it's the mandate of the internet. Oh, you're not going to tell me something? 
Now I'm going to care about it way more than I ever should have cared about it. I got things to do. I got to clean the dishes. I got to uh, sweep the floor. I got to vacuum the rug. But only after I get to the bottom of this because I'm a detective now. Mm. That's how the internet works. It becomes the mandate. You don't tell us something. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, very truthful to what it is right now. So that's what's going on right now. People are trying to fill in the gaps. And the latest we have on this, the latest conspiracy theory has something to do with a bunch of streamers. And I'm not saying I'm behind this theory at all, by the way. In fact, the article I linked attempts to debunk it. But the latest theory is all these uh, streamers have conspired to create a new streaming platform after the Mixer shutdown. That somehow Ninja, Shroud, and Disrespect would get together and plan for some uh, giant announcement, the new streaming platform that everybody in the world needs to use. And of course, the, it all breaks down when you start to analyze the this platform that got pegged for the next place for them all to go called Brime. It all hedges, a lot of this conspiracy stuff hedges on this account, this Twitter account, well, and this website, at Watch Brime, which was supposed to be a new streaming service. This is the bio. And people started to look at who was following the account and draw particular, you know, draw conclusions. It has 70,000 followers, at least the screenshot on this particular article. I presume it's going to be even more now after this. So people saw a, a set of activities that led them down this path. And I don't blame people. People want to get to the bottom of it. But it appears that today, uh, there, uh, Brime put out a couple of tweets, statements, seeming to indicate that they know nothing about this, and this is not true, and chill out. It's a, more of a passion project. Let's see their latest. What is their latest tweet saying right now, live? As a side note, we wanted to start small and grow organically. This is happening very fast. Apparently, they had no idea. And they got so much extra attention, but they don't have anywhere near the funds to create this scenario to be able to afford. <laughs> yeah. Of course, the conspiracy theory would have been that those guys had an interest in, in Brime, some sort of ownership interest, and then that's how it would be afforded. Right. But it, that doesn't appear to be the case either. So this whole thing has been sort of, sort of shot down mm -hmm. to a certain degree, at least by a number of people. But you can't blame the internet for wanting to get answers. This guy has a lot of fans, man. Disrespect. Four million something followers to just vanish. On the opposite end of the speculative spectrum, that was a sentence right there. Yeah. You have people saying something terrible happened. You have people saying something terrible must have taken place for this to go down because he had just recently signed an extension, some sort of a private deal with Twitch mm. worth a couple of dollars. Why would you shut the man down? What must have taken place? And why would you shut him down so silently? Mm. So I'm going to go and do my, I'm going to do a little tiny speculation of my own. Maybe there's some accusations against him. Maybe it's another streamer. You notice how I'm saying maybe this is all alleged. I don't know, obviously. Mm. And Twitch has preemptively made this move to possibly protect the individual with the accusations. And as Twitch stated, evidence. Which said that themselves, we have evidence. And if we have evidence, we shut it down. But I don't know about the, even if that's the case, this is a weird look for him, for Twitch. I don't know how to feel. No one knows how to feel. Obviously, this guy had a tremendous fan base. 
They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do at the moment. And they don't have enough information to go on. So, of course, this is what happened. Yeah, there's a lot of assumptions there. And you got you got to assume that Twitch is taking some heat themselves. And they're probably in a sticky spot themselves. Yes. Everybody's in a sticky spot. But until some actual, uh, uh, so some details emerge here, this is what's going to continue to happen. People are going to have to speculate what exactly took place. For the time being, he's gone off Twitch. The other guys, Shroud and Ninja, are looking for a home. Holy, streaming upheaval, 2020. It's a lot going on. And I wonder why nobody is mentioning YouTube. Maybe some streamers can let me know. Because YouTube has a live aspect to it. It appears to be a fairly welcoming. I don't know. But a lot of people talked about Twitch. A lot of people have talked about uh, Upstart. People said Spotify is going to start a streaming service. Mm. People have suggested uh, Tencent, the, the Chinese player, come in and do streaming service. I'm not sure what it is about gaming and YouTube if it just hasn't uh, meshed up properly yet. But I would assume if I'm YouTube, let me just say something. If I'm YouTube, if I'm YouTube gaming, I'm making a few phone calls. Hmm. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it myself because if it's kind of a nonchalant, if it's a contract dispute, something, if it's nothing major that people are really going to, then I want to talk to Disrespect and say, maybe you want to hop over here or even Ninja and Shroud for that matter. Yes. M maybe you want to get on the phone and see if you could sway them to come to your platform because there are guys who have deals with YouTube gaming as far as I can tell and, are, and do happen to be streaming there. So I'm curious. But of course, I'm here on YouTube. So it seems obvious to me. Yes. But I understand Twitch has a more robust system in place for live because that's their bread and butter. Yep. So I understand the benefit drawback situation there. But I'm just, obviously, I'm like everyone else. I'm curious to see how it plays out. Massive happenings. Massive shifts. Things going on. Social media. 2020. Holy moly. Uh, here's an exciting one. This is how ray tracing is going to work in Cyberpunk 2077. Let, let me tell you something, Will. That's, this is a trailer. Did you see this trailer yet? No, I haven't. So I'm, I'm a fan of ray tracing. I'll tell you what. This is how this trailer, it got me going a little bit. It tickled my fancy. Eh. They're trying to make the case for playing Cyberpunk 2077. It's delayed and everything. We're not playing it anytime soon. But they're trying to make the case that when you do play it, you're going to do it on a PC. And it's NVIDIA wants to make the case. Right. Which makes some sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to buy something from them to do it properly. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, maybe you probably already have a nice card, nice graphics card. So maybe it's not such a big deal. But people have been asking this question. Well, okay, ray tracing. Uh, they, they're talking a lot about it. What's the impact? What's the effect? What can I... How's it going to improve my experience? So... We have an article here on Game Rant talking about how ray tracing is going to impact, in particular, illumination in the game. Yes. Lighting, shadows. The game has a, a ton of neon in it. Mm -hmm. And neon, it, it casts a weird glare yes. kind of thing. And they want to just obviously make the thing as immersive as possible. According to NVIDIA, the ray tracing in Cyberpunk 2077 comes in four forms. Illumination shadows, reflection, and ambient occlusion. I mean, that sounds so wonderfully high-tech. Mm -hmm. It gets me going before I even saw the trailer. The first two effects will have heavy implications on how light behaves in the game, specifically with how objects like the sun, moon, and neon signs cast light, as I, as I mentioned. 
as well as how objects blocking the light will cast shadows. I mean, I love it. How cool is that? Well, you and I, we don't know where to start. Yeah. This well, is mastery. That's the dream, right? To have ray tracing in video games. There's a magic we're talking about. Yes, very much so. Magic is what you use to describe something that's so sophisticated and so tremendously difficult to achieve that when you experience it, you admit that you can't comprehend the number of steps it took to get there. That's the way I'm using magic here. Obviously, there are many individuals more talented than, than I that for them, those are just tools. Right. And to those, to those magicians of the craft, artists of the craft, there's a guy like me sitting out here waiting to enjoy it. So you can play, I don't know, I guess you can play a little bit of the trailer. It's a new trailer. Official trailer, The Gig, Cyberpunk 2077. Now, Will, if that doesn't get you going... If you've ever played a game in your life, I mean, the voice. Look at it. Pause. Go to pause. Pause it. Just, I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. Just go back to the car and do a freeze frame on a car in the street. And people are going to think I'm too, too crazy. No, no, no. A little further back where you can see the car. Yes. The reflections. Hmm. The reflections on the roof of the car. You see the individual light sources over there. And how they move. That's all moving. In the street, the reflections. I'm telling you, Will, if I can't, if this can't do it for you, then we're done here. I can't help you. If this can't do it for you, then, then, then there's nothing left for you in this life yeah. experience. Mm -hmm. There's nothing left. Of course, I'm exaggerating, but yeah, I mean, it just looks, the world they've created here it just looks tremendous. You're going to have to skip forward a little bit because there's a bit of a scene in there. Yeah, go forward a little bit. Yes. Okay, go to there. Go to there. Perfect. Look at this. This, this, this is going to be a big game. I mean, I'm not breaking news here. You can, you can hit play. Hit play there for a second. I mean, it, the trailer comes off like a movie. It has character for sure. I mean... Well, this is the dream game, right? Future and Neo Tokyo Cyberpunk 2077 and camera angles and yeah. POV, a lot of POV, uh, first person. I mean, sounds simple enough. So the voice acting sounds lovely. Okay, we got the we got the gist of it. Go watch it for yourself if you want to get hype, if you want to get excited. Uh, I love hearing about this stuff, how the, sometimes these, 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 these promises that we get in tech, they feel, and I said this in the spot video, they feel far off. W whether it was in video when we first talked about ray tracing or whether it was Cyberpunk 2077 when they first show it off. And I realize it's not here yet. They want to get it right. I, I realize all these things. But when you can, when they can actually explain to you and say, no, no, no. We're finally putting this exact tech to work here. Mm -hmm. There's something very exciting about that. Yes. That you can finally experience it sort of more the way that they were talking about it, the more the way that the, the, the expert envisioned it mm -hmm. eventually taking place. Because they, they know, they can see they're making the stuff. They can, they, they can project in a place where you may be lacking the, uh, you may be lacking the vision. This is why you rely on this. You rely on these people to, 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 to be uh, actively working on the future. Yes. Not everybody can. Yeah. 
No. But what's great is that, you know, we have like these visions ourselves and to kind of see it put into practice, it's like, it just comes out naturally where it's like, wow, like this is what I've been dreaming about for so long. You know? Dreaming. Yeah. A lot of dreaming. Good for you. Well, well, so, there it is. I mean, that's a game where that's impressive. a game. That's a game we're going to have to play. Yes. We're going to do a review. Yes. On this channel. We're going to, as soon as, as soon as possible. It's, it's a long ways off. Um, Xpeng. Have you ever heard of Xpeng? They are a Tesla competitor in China and they are now shipping their Model 3 rival, which is actually going to be cheaper and have a longer range than Tesla's most affordable model. However, they take they take some heat from Elon and and the people at Tesla because there were some claims and accusations in the past that they were stealing some of the tech mm. from Tesla. And there was some, there's actually a guy, uh, what was his name? There's a, a current, currently a legal battle going on over an ex-employee that was at Tesla and then downloaded. He downloaded some data before he took off. Mm. Some key data. And then he said afterwards, oh, I didn't do anything with the data. But he goes to work over there. Yeah, a saboteur, as they say, right? That's a nice word to use on a show like this. Yeah. Well, that's what Elon said. I'm just copying him. Oh, did he, did he use that word? Yeah. Last year, Tesla accused his former employee, Cao uh, Guangji, of stealing trade secrets and bringing them to Xpeng. Apple made a similar accusation about its own former employee, Zhang Xiaolang. Look at me, man. I mean, very impressive. While Cao was placed on leave during the investigation, Zhang wound up being fired after criminal charges were filed against him in the U.S. Cao admitted... That he uploaded Tesla's autopilot-related source code to his own drive, but he denied that the files contained trade secrets or that he handed them over to Tesla's Chinese rival. Xpeng said it had nothing to do with the incident. You following where I'm going here? Hmm. He downloads the thing. He goes to work for them and claims like, oh, yeah, whatever I download, I just I just keep that just in case. I don't, yeah, you know. Nothing in there important. However, then... Tesla was asking dur during the legal battle that's going on now, asking for the source code that Xpeng is using to see if there's a resemblance and they haven't got that yet. So it's an ongoing dispute, but in the meantime, there's it's a battleground in China over uh, dominance, electric vehicle dominance. Right now, Tesla is in the lead. Uh, they're shipping more units than any of these other players for a good reason, uh, early in the space and they invested in China. They did a, they a, put gigafactories. a, a gigafactory in China, in China and they're ready to go. They're ready to, to, to do battle in China. However, this one now is coming in cheaper and with more range. That's going to be interesting to buyers. You can't blame them. Chinese EV startup Xpeng announced on Sunday that it started nationwide deliveries of its newest P7 sports sedan, which starts at a price of 229,900 won, which is US equivalent 32,470. The starting price for the entry level Tesla Model 3 is 38,350. So it's about six grand US less. And that base model is going to have better range. So that's going to... Eh, what, what? Go ahead, well, Will. You're looking at a picture. Go ahead. What do you think about this? This, this website looks remarkably like Tesla's. What are you trying to say, Will? I mean, you know. Are you trying to say, Will? They stole the HTML code <laughs> for the website. The inspect element. <laughs> Just copied the whole thing. Uh, 
The car is you feel the car as well is Tesla inspired. It does have some sort of inspiration. But I mean, there's only, there's also only so much you can do with cars. The trim around the window, that chrome trim around the uh, passenger and driver side window, a little Tesla ish. Mm -hmm. And let's do a side by side. Here. Oh wow, Will really wants to get to the bottom of this. I mean, it's interesting. They they small. give you the solar panels as the. Uh, I know. As the, the homepage. Okay, you're right. They are very remarkably similar websites. I mean, come on. You know. Will's very upset right now. You know what, Will? Yeah. Is that, how bad of a thing is that? I mean, In your mind. I, I get that people look at it and they say, how dare you rip it? But, but really speaking, what do you want them to do? Put together a trash website? No, but I mean, there's so many different types of like, UI there, you can make it look nice, but also. But not they want the to compete against Tesla. They want a buyer to feel comfortable, like this is another option. Other, they want a person that's cross shopping Tesla to land on their site and say, "Oh, this, I feel comfortable here as well." Yeah, I mean, there's a, you know, there's some research there. It's just like it's the same website. Yeah. I, I try to buy a Model 3, I end up with a piece of it. <laughs> you just you accidentally uh, bought off the wrong one. I don't know. I, I'll just say, from my point of view, I've been in this long enough now to know there are very few things that are the only version or the only way of something. When Tesla first came out, people said the Model S looked like a, I can't even remember, a Jaguar or something. They they had they had another sedan at the time that, that people were A-being against and saying, it looks a lot like that one. Uh, I agree with you. Wherever possible, you do like to see a unique, a unique approach. However, I'm not surprised with the success of Tesla that you as a company would model yourself after them. And I bet you, if you asked Xpeng, hey, have you modeled yourself after Tesla? They'd say, yes, absolutely, if they were being honest. Right. But I don't know how much of a problem I see in that. Other than when it gets to the point of espionage and, and ripping data and... Yes. And, and 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 if again it's just accusations at the moment if it gets to the point of that it's a different story mm -hmm. but as far as modeling yourself after tesla if you were starting a car company right now and you didn't you might be dumb if we're just being honest yeah i mean they are paving the way but it's really a shock. will's upset shock okay for shock. okay will's upset look man there's a there's always two points of view so it's it's fair we got to cover both points of view it's always two points of view uh, but nonetheless, we'll see how the court case shakes out. For the time being, we'll see what Chinese customers think, and if the lower price is enough to convince them, or if they want to stick to the to the Tesla brand. Uh, it appears that for the time being, Tesla's having success in China. Uh, last one here. Speaking of autonomous driving, which was of course the uh, that was the aspect they were most concerned with sharing, because that's hard stuff, man. Whoo! Mm. Tom is driving hard stuff. That's the aspect they were most worried about. And also, uh, shout out to the spot video, uh, robotics. Interesting, exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. We have an autonomous robot here using UVC light to disinfect warehouses. This UVC light, powerful stuff, potent stuff, the same stuff that we saw in the phone soap product that we featured a while back to clean your smartphone from certain germs. And then you were sending me links, I remember once upon a time, uh, units that could be placed in healthcare scenarios yes. that could disinfect a room using UVC light. Yep. Well, this is the next phase of it. It was very useful. A lot of people on the spot video were saying, what can I do with the thing? 
oh, it's a it's marching around big deal. There was there's some of that attitude. Mm-hmm. It's people get vision, vision. It doesn't have to be right now. It doesn't have to be. A lot of things are not pouring you a drink right now, mm-hmm. but you just had to expand. You go just a little further. I mean, you don't have to. You could just only care about stuff that's doing something for you right now. If, if that's your if that's your way of thinking, your line of work, so be it. But to those that are capable of pushing the vision a step further, they will benefit greatly because they can imagine a future in which they can modify their movements today in order to take better advantage of what that future looks like in general. Mm-hmm. If you're only ever concerned exclusively about what a thing can do for you immediately... You might be missing out on opportunities in the future. So it could be helpful to forecast a little further for yourself. Anyway, when I saw Spot, that's all the stuff that started going through my head. The the eventuality. What does this mean? That's where I wanted to. What does it mean? Anyway, here is an example of a practical application in which robotics go, could go to work immediately in a way that really would be difficult for a human to replicate. This is a robot that will move about an industrial facility warehouse with these powerful UVC lights. It can be can work autonomously or be driven off-site. And in about half an hour, it can cover and disinfect around 4,000 square feet mm. of surface. And the thing that really struck me here that I, when I was reading is it can also, also neutralize aerosolized virus particles. I did not know that about UVC. So it's not just surfaces, but it's also stuff in the air. Huh. Very interesting. So Will's got a clip here, uh, robot moving about. And uh, as you can tell, uh, seamless activity, faster actually than I imagined. Oh, yeah. Ro- the robot is uh, from Ava Robotics. Uh, researchers from MIT have have co- uh, collaborated here to create this uh, this creature. It's currently working at a food bank, I believe. Uh, what did they say here? Which food bank was it? <clears throat> GBFB's Warehouse, the Greater Boston Food Bank. So think about this, Will. The food bank, you know how that works. You're trying to get food to people. You would be concerned if, this, if the surface of this stuff, you were handing this stuff out, was in, in, infected in some way. Mm-hmm. Spin this dude around. Feel a little bit more confident. This guy can take out... 90% of virus particles on the surfaces in about half an hour, 4,000 square feet, traveling at 0.22 miles per hour. Huh. Nothing wrong with that. So, again, maybe not everybody has a vision for how all this stuff is going to work immediately, but here's an example, practical application, where there's going to be a real impact and effect if this, if this tech goes to work. Now, it's important to note, another reason why it's nice to have a robot do this is UVC is dangerous to humans. This kind of guy can't be waving a wand out there. No. So this is perfect job for a robot. Yeah. And here we have it in the form of... Uh, do they have a name for this one? Just Ava Robotics? They don't name this one specifically? Um, robot, robots have to have a name, don't they? George. This one doesn't have it yet, I don't think. Unless I'm missing it in the article. Anyway, <laughs> you can give it whatever name you want. Come up with a good name for that robot. Travels faster than I thought. 4,000 square feet. Amazon could have these things flying about yeah, in, uh, warehouse. in the warehouse when uh, during off hours. Yep. It's cool. I'm into it. The future can be whatever we want it to be. It's just a matter of how, how far 
in events you want to look, you're capable of looking, that's an investment too, mm -hmm. right? You got to be out here sort of scouring the thing in order to envision how our actions today are going to impact the future and how, I mean, you hear Elon talking about it with AI, like this stuff is happening. And if you can't even see it happening, then you certainly aren't going to have an impact on it. Mm -hmm. You're just going to be a bystander. However, even for a regular citizen, if you can start to imagine that future, there are things, little things you can do now, even if it's just investing in a company, even if it's just, uh, if you have a small business, there are things you can do now. Here's an example of something happening right now mm -hmm. as a consequence of envisioning what tech can do for you. And that's what these students at MIT were capable of right here. So that's the stuff I'm talking about. Extend the vision. Enjoy the future.